You wouldn't believe what Planned Parenthood is encouraging 12-year-olds to do with grape-flavored dental dams and saran wrap. It's Friday, January 18th, 2019, and I'm Andrew Beckwith, President and General Counsel for Massachusetts Family Institute. You're listening to the Mass Family Update, your source for the latest insight on the intersection of faith, family, and freedom in the Commonwealth. You know, the sex education curriculum in our public schools is a topic that uh, is always coming up here at MFI. We'll pretty consistently get phone calls from parents who are just flabbergasted, frankly, and outraged by what their children are being taught in school. And so often it'll be after the fact that they'll find out when their son or daughter comes home and shares with them some of the things that they're being taught. So one of the research projects I did early on Uh, when I joined MFI was to order some of these sex ed curricula that are being used in the the Massachusetts public school system and really it was shocking. Uh, My eldest was I think in seventh grade at the time so I ordered the middle school curricula figuring I'd you know have a a reasonable uh, approach of what would be appropriate for my kid at that age and one curriculum called Get Real which we've been talking about for years now. It's put out by Planned Parenthood League of Massachusetts. Their middle school curricula encourages, among other things, uh, 12- and 13-year-old students to use saran wrap as a makeshift prophylactic for oral to anal sexual stimulation, which uh, I was a a prosecutor in the Marine Corps before I came to MFI, and I prosecuted my fair share of sexual assault crimes and rapes and things like that, uh, pornography and government computers. And I didn't even know that that uh, particular sex act was a thing. But apparently our 12 and 13 year olds need to be educated on that and how to do it, uh, quote unquote, safely. So I've got Michael King with us again here today. He actually just had uh, kind of a disturbing conversation mm. with a former uh, youth group member of his whose younger sister, uh, the youth group members now, I think just graduated, but his younger sister is a freshman at a local Massachusetts public mm-hmm. school, and some of the stuff that she's bringing home, he's concerned about as yeah. a young man himself. Tell us about that, Mike. Yeah, it's quite disturbing. I mean, he's a recent grad, as you said, of the Tewksbury High School, um, and he was talking about his own experience back when he was in ninth grade. This was only, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and, you know, we talked about the whole abstinence uh, thing. And I said, you know, did you ever, um, were you ever told that that was a great option? And he said he really couldn't even remember anything about abstinence because it wasn't um, emphasized whatsoever. I mean, we see in the Get Real curriculum, there's, I think, 15 different ways to have safe sex and abstinence is on there, uh, but definitely not um, a priority item. Right. And even the definition of abstinence, I'm not sure if it's in the Planned Parenthood curriculum or one of the other ones that was recommended by the Massachusetts um, Department of Secondary and Elementary Education, or Elementary and Secondary Education. Uh, they have a, a series of curricula they recommend, and one of them, I remember, lists a number of activities that count as abstinence, including, I think, outer course, hmm. which uh, I'll let you figure out what that means. But So even with a broad definition of abstinence, they're, they're not really talking about it in the schools. 
Yeah, and, and also referring to pregnancy uh, in the term of unwanted pregnancy, right? And then asking him, did, did anyone ever emphasize marriage or give you a vision for marriage or, or sex within marriage? And, you know, he almost laughed that question off that, you know, that, that marriage isn't even an ideal uh, that's taught in these classes. Um, you know, I asked him, well, what happens if, you know, a student or how did they talk about the idea of abortion? And he said that the teacher actually encouraged getting abortion. I, I said, why? Because he said, well, because you're young, uh, you shouldn't need the quote unquote burden of a child. Um, and then we talked about, well, how do parents get involved? Would you tell your parent? It, was this something that was encouraged? And he said that they were encouraged not to tell their parent. Uh, and, and, you know, we in our Engage the Bay State curriculum for churches, we talk about this uh, assignment where you're given to um, actually figure out a way where you can hide this kind of information uh, from your parents. Um, if you want one and your parent will basically saying, if you want to get an abortion, your parents will most likely say no. So that's why you shouldn't tell your parents. Um, you know, if you are a girl, you don't need the guy's permission and not even really talking about, uh, the, the trauma that this does to men when it comes to an abortion. Um, well, yeah, the parents might actually know best for their children yeah, in that situation. Yeah, or, or he even said that they were referred to a clinic in New Hampshire that would give them an abortion. Out of state. Out of state. So crossing state lines, right. um, now you're talking about potentially a federal crime. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was uh, an eye-opener to have that conversation with him. And, and, you know, and, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, do you ever talk to this with your parents? Do you ever, uh, you know, talk about this at church? I mean, obviously he was in my youth group and we did talk a lot about these issues, you know, a few years back. Uh, but I asked him specifically, I said, well, what happens if you were a ninth grade student, you know, four or five years ago and you had a girlfriend and, and she became pregnant? Um, is that something that would, would you encourage her to go get an abortion? And he's, you know, growing up in a Christian home, yeah. going to church, going to youth group. He emphatically said that, not emphatically, but he, he said without real question, he said, yeah, I would encourage her to go get an abortion. He would have at that time. Because he, because he knew no other option, right? Because the church wasn't talking about it. His parent, he didn't talk to his parents about it. And it just made me, like, my, my jaw almost dropped because I'm thinking to myself, how many people, how many kids today more so, are, are in this same situation growing up in the church, growing up in Christian families that would just say, you know what, abortion's okay because it's the only thing I know. Well, I mean, that reminds me of the, the very tragic story in chapter one of the Engage book. Um, actually, maybe it's chapter three, but it's the one on abortion, so the first topic after church and state where we talk about Laura's Law, mm -hmm. which is a piece of legislation that's been proposed, that hasn't passed, but we'll keep fighting for it, uh, that would require this a waiting period uh, right. to get an abortion because the young woman it's named after was down on the South Shore. She was came from a Christian home, um, but she was, I think, 21, 22, found herself pregnant, went to an abortion clinic, didn't tell her parents. Mm -hmm. So her mom first finds out when she gets a panic phone call from her daughter's friend saying, you know, she's been taken to the, to the hospital. Uh, you know, she didn't make it, she, she died from complications from an abortion that her mom didn't even know, I mean, her mom didn't even know she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it's a young woman coming from a Christian family. So, uh, very tragic on so many levels. 
Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, we talk about in the in the Engage book again. We talk about the other homework assignment. I think this was in Jamaica Plain. Mm-hmm. Uh, an 11-year-old girl brought home an explicit sex, sex education worksheet requiring her to define and draw sexual terms. Her mother was rightly outraged. Um, and the assignment was to draw a picture that will help you remember the meaning of the following words, circumcision, ejaculation, erection, penis, scrotum. It's 11 years old. 11 years old. Yeah. So what grade would that be? Probably sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah. Um, I mean, goodness, I, I can't even imagine, you know, being a kid in this class and all your peers are drawing these pictures. Right. Your teacher, who's your authority, is saying this is completely okay. This is completely normal. Um, I know when I was in sixth grade, I had no idea. You know what these, what, you know uh, what some of these every, things were. Every family's different. Every child's different. Um, you know, most of the parents I talk to, they're not against their children learning about sort of you know the birds and the bees sure. and anatomy and reproduction. Um, but what is sort of two things shock them. One is the low age at which some of this real graphic stuff is introduced, mm-hmm. and then on top of that. Um, the, the breadth of, of sexual activity, of, of non-reproductive mm-hmm. sexual activity that is introduced and normalized. Um, we just ordered a couple weeks ago the, the latest version of the Planned Parenthood Get Real curriculum because we were, Mike kept taking the, uh, the copies that I had to show at mm-hmm. churches because people couldn't believe it and so we got to get some more copies, which we have now. Um, so if you want to see what this stuff is like, let me know. Contact the office. But this one came with a demonstration kit from Planned Parenthood, stamped right on there, and I'm holding it in my hands now, and, uh, you know, I think I'd get arrested if I walked down the street with this right. thing, the stuff that's in here, if I walked anywhere near a, a school and yeah. children. Yeah. Um, but this includes, you know, it's uh, a, uh, a device that allows for the demonstration of how to put on a condom, um, as well as the, the grape-flavored dental dam. And we talked, was it last week, about uh, candy gummies, candy-flavored gummies that are infused with THC, which you're not allowed to sell to children, but they're clearly being designed and marketed in a you know candy type way for for children. Uh, why you know grape flavored dental dam? You know, okay, maybe maybe juniors and seniors in high school, but this is for middle school, so right. sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, just wildly inappropriate, and that's yeah. that leads me to the legislative piece. Um, which we've been fighting the the sex ed mandate for years now at MFI, uh, known as uh, an act relative to healthy youth. That's the title that it has. It was just been refiled on Monday. So I just pulled this up. It's basically the same bill that passed the Senate last session. It did not come up in the House, so it failed. But this has now been refiled for the 2019-2020 session. And this is a bill that would require schools to use curricula like Planned Parenthoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says it has to be medically accurate and age appropriate, which sounds great. Who's gonna argue with medically accurate or age appropriate? But then we ordered the curricula to see, okay, well, what is considered age appropriate? Mm-hmm. And grape-flavored dental dams for oral to anal. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is in, this is a diagram, right? In the workbook you've got there, Mike, first. Mm-hmm. That's seventh grade. Right. Oral to anal sexual stimulation for for seventh graders yeah so i don't know i don't know many parents who think that's age appropriate right. and then medically accurate they're they're saying to use 
It used to be non-microwavable saran wrap. They've changed it now to just saran wrap. So mm. I, I was talking to um, a reporter at the New Boston Post who's going to be doing a story on this, and he said he couldn't find non-microwavable saran wrap. So maybe they just don't make that anymore. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that really medically accurate to, to make prophylactics at home in a pinch right. with saran wrap, right. microwavable or otherwise. Well, I think it gets at the question I asked the student, which was, uh, what percentage of your friends, of people, that, not even your friends, just, you know, acquaintances, people you knew at school were having casual sex? And he said, he said, if you are sociable, 100% of sociable students yeah. were having sex, yeah. right? Well, I said, I'm, I'm grateful I played tuba in high school. Right. I was in the band. Yeah. I was not super sociable. Uh, so I praise God for that. Yeah. But I mean, just think about that as a parent. Like, like we want this podcast to be super practical for you as a parent, if you're listening to this, um, and to know what is going on at your school in these classes and to know what kind of culture is going on when they're uh, basically saying as long as it's safe, it's completely okay. And now they have 15 different options on this particular curriculum that we're looking at for, for the eighth grade. And, you know, saying even things like you're mentioning, the dental dam, like this doesn't even have to do necessarily with reproduction, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, we're, we're going into an, an imagination, we're, we're creating imaginations in, in young people. You're introducing acts that I think a lot of people would never even have considered. N never known about, um. yeah. So wildly inappropriate from an age perspective in general. And then, you know, it's not safe. Right. It doesn't matter how much saran wrap you use, um, there is a, a deep emotional uh, cost to mm -hmm. this type of behavior and a spiritual cost as well, even if your, your body, you know, survives it, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't pick up a, a disease or um, introduce a new life unexpectedly right. with a pregnancy. So what, you know, what can parents do is a question I get a lot. Um, right now, under existing law, there's a couple things parents can do. They have the right to opt their children out. Right. So not from all the crazy stuff that they're getting taught because a lot of it gets folded in under anti-bullying or there are wellness in general, a lot of the diversity, LGBT things. So um, they may not be able to avoid you know, transgender story hour, mm -hmm. uh, public assembly at the school, but they can avoid sexual health and reproduction classes mm -hmm. uh, by opting out and typically there's a, a form to do that in this back usually the back of the student handbook a lot of yeah. parents aren't aware of that so they have that right they also have the right to see what the curriculum is that their school right. is teaching and even if they're even if they opt their child out I would encourage them to go see what their school is teaching because they need to know what all the other kids right. are learning so they can you know talk to their children uh, appropriately so that when the other kids are inevitably giggling and talking about what video they just saw mm -hmm. Um, that their kids are able to sort of navigate that. And it's hard on the kid to opt them out, but uh, they have a right to do that. And so the school is required by law to make the curriculum reasonably available mm -hmm. to the parent. Mm -hmm. um, so they might say, okay, I have to come in at, you know, the second Tuesday of the month at 2.30 in the afternoon, sit in this little office and go through it for half an hour, but mm -hmm. they, they have to make it available. Yeah. And I encourage parents to take a look at it um, and, to, and to opt their kids out. But you would think, one of the bills we've been fighting for for years is to make it opt-in, right? You've got right. you've got to turn in a permission slip right. to go on a field trip to the right. library. Have them go through the effort. Right. If they really want it, you can go through the effort to get it. 
And this is a one month during the year. I think this was twice a week for one month during the school year yeah. that this particular curriculum is being taught. Right. And so right now it's an opt-out, which means you can opt your kid out. But we believe it should be an opt-in because right. like, in order to go on a field trip, in order to get uh, Tylenol from the school nurse, you know, in order to go get a tattoo somewhere, you have to have a permission slip yep. to introduce these serious topics to children, to, yep. to, to educate them on how they can get an abortion without their parents' notice. Right. And parents should have to sign off on that. Yeah, and as a previous youth pastor, you know, this is very near and dear to my heart in the sense of this is really affecting our adolescent population, right? I know it's near and dear to your heart as well. And I think if there's an opportunity to come to your church and, um, you know, speak about what is going on, maybe, maybe you want to get parents together and have a parent night uh, and educate your parents on, you know, what can we do practically? Uh, we talked about the sex ed mandate. We can obviously um, try to have that not be passed. Uh, but also, you know, like you said, the opt in uh, or at the very least, uh, you already have the option to opt out. So really get involved in your school, know what's being taught and opt your kid out as an initial uh, action. But have us come to your church and, and let's have a conversation and educate parents about what's going on because there's no way that this 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 kid that I was talking about today who just recently graduated high school that grew up in a Christian family, grows up in the church and when is asked, would you encourage your girlfriend to get an abortion? And without hesitating, says, I would have done that because there was no other option. That is unacceptable. It is unacceptable as a parent for our kids to be saying it. It's unacceptable for youth in our church for that to be their first answer. Yeah. We, we can't fight indoctrination in the public schools if we don't know what it is, first of all. And this is something that's constantly evolving, which is why we order the new kit uh, and curricula. So we'll be going through that over the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you posted on, on the latest. Uh, everything I've talked about so far is, is what was in the last batch. So who knows what's in this new version. I can't imagine it's gotten any better. Already we've seen, as as so many things, it's moving to a digital platform, mm -hmm. and there are Planned Parenthood videos that are for use in sex education classes that talk about you know, how to know when someone's ready for sex, and right. what is consent, and they, they basically look like uh, pornographic movies. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's not nudity per se, but there is... They're very heavily sexually charged. Yeah, boys kissing boys, girls kissing girls. Yes, introduces... And they, they use homosexual couplings um, to introduce sort of basic ideas of consent. So again, the whole normalization is there, but it's, you know, it's very erotically charged. Right. Um, and again, at a, at a young age. Yeah. And we'll be tracking this legislation as well. The sex ed mandate, if it passes... Your schools will be required, if they teach anything about sexual health at all, will be required to teach the type of curriculum that our state education department uh, is recommending, which Planned Parenthood's Get Real curriculum is one of them, right. and it's, it is not stuff that uh, most parents would want. So right, right now, schools can decide on their own. You and right. your fellow parents and members of the community and teachers and administrators can decide what is best, what is age appropriate uh, for your community, that power would be taken away and given to a state bureaucracy if this bill passes. And while you still have that opportunity to control that on a local level, we're encouraging one of our major initiatives in 2019 is to partner with churches, concerned parents in different towns and cities, uh, to introduce abstinence-based uh, sex education. Uh, again, this would happen probably during one month of the school year. Uh, but um, we feel like this is a, a great initiative to introduce, to, to value marriage, to value sex within marriage, to value abstinence and waiting until marriage.
Well, thanks, Mike. That's all the time, again, we have for today, but we'll be returning to this topic as we learn more and things progress in the weeks to come. Again, if you want to learn more about our work at Massachusetts Family Institute, visit our website, mafamily.org, mafamily.org. And as always, the best resource for all the topics we've been discussing on this podcast is our Engage curriculum, which you can find at mafamily.org forward slash engage, mafamily.org forward slash engage. Thank you for listening, and be encouraged to stand strong for life, marriage, and religious liberty in the Bay State. You're not alone. We're here to support you and your family.